0: Hey everybody, welcome to The Breakdown. As you can tell, I am not Nick. Um, My name is Kai. I'm typically sitting behind the cameras making sure everything goes well. And uh, Brennan got the opportunity to uh, preach on Sunday. How was that, Brennan? It was interesting. I think it's always a cool opportunity to be able to preach Mm
1: -hmm. for Nick to trust whoever is standing in for him whenever he goes out of town. Uh, but it's always a, a little nerve-wracking, mm-hmm. I, I feel like. Um, I'm more of a, a small group group. Uh, leader, I like to ask questions and then people engage with you. Mm-hmm. So going from that dynamic to the pulpit where you're given a monologue and the only thing that you have to really gauge the audience is by whether they're making eye contact or falling asleep mm-hmm. or like having that confused look in their eye. Uh, so it's a little different, but I think the prep um, for preaching in small group is a, a little bit of the same. The layout of how you prepare your sermon is different, but um it's it's definitely more tiring preaching than yep. leading a small group. Mm-hmm.
0: I could imagine. I think because you, you
1: pour all your all your preparation into a 25 minute time slot instead of mm-hmm. an hour. Yep. And it's like okay, once you're done, it's like you've you've dropped off this whole weight of everything you prayed for and studied throughout the week onto 25 minutes, mm-hmm. which is I don't know. For me, it's it's always a good feeling um, after I preach. Um, but a nerve wracking experience while you preach? That yeah. Thing. Yeah. Now, over time, it's gotten a lot easier here now that I know people. Mm-hmm. That first time I preached here, I was so nervous <laughs> because I still really didn't like really know people. Yeah. And so now that uh, I know pretty much all of our, our new people, um, mm-hmm. uh, I've gotten to engage with people in our small group. So now I have people within the crowd that I know I can look at mm-hmm. and kind of see if they're wrestling with something I said or confused and then kind of go from there and yeah.
0: shift. You got you a go-to person that you look at?
1: Uh, I have go-to sections, yeah, which is weird because I never look to my left, mm-hmm. which is where my wife sits. Yeah. It's really awkward. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I'm more looking at that middle to back section mm-hmm. or to the right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, at first service, like I always look at um, who is it? I looked at Bruce a lot this last Sunday. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was. Like I was just connected to Bruce. He probably thought I was preaching towards him. Yeah, I highly doubt Bruce is listening to this. No, but. yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. At second service, I don't know. I don't. I didn't have a, a specific place I looked at. I felt like it was an experience of déjà vu. Second service, mm-hmm. I, th- I kept feeling like. Did I already say this? Because I had just preached it an hour <laughs> yeah. earlier. And that's the first time I've experienced that, and it was kind of throwing me off at some point mm-hmm. because I yeah. felt like I had already said what mm-hmm. I was about to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, cool. it's awesome. But it's also awesome that, that we have people on staff that get the opportunity to preach other than Nick. I've heard a ton of people say that that, you know, a lot of churches like somebody other than the pastor's preaching and you're like, "Mm, maybe I'm sick this Sunday morning. You know, I've heard that same thing
1: and I'm grateful that people knew um, that I was preaching and still showed up.
0: (laughs) Well, and, and I've heard from people that, you know, here at Galilee you know even when like Brian or you or Blake preaches like all of the sermons are super solid and people enjoy people seem to enjoy whoever's preaching yeah. the the word that morning and we morning. each have
1: our own particular style mm-hmm. of preaching yep. I mean you obviously can tell that Brian has a ton of experience with youth mm-hmm. and just the way that he explains things in the simplest terms yep. and then um, uh, I think Nick is uh, very much a, uh, a wordsman in the way that he mm. chooses his words carefully when he preaches um, I, I really like that and Blake too even though Blake's only has he is it twice? Or once, once. once so far. And he did solid. Like yeah. You can obviously tell that he's like geared towards youth, and he, uh-huh. he's similar to Brian, just like I feel yeah. like I'm um, somewhat similar to how Nick preaches. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's cool to have that dynamic of yeah. different preaching styles, because you have different people in your audience that mm-hmm. connect with that.
0: Yeah, so, no, it is cool. awesome. But so your sermon on Sunday, you were talking about overcoming temptation. Yeah. Um, you directly were quoting Matthew 4 a lot. Um. So I said, let's just hop into it. You know, Um, it started. You started off. I opened it up with Matthew four one. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and you followed it up with like a big question for the entire message of how do we know that we are being tempted.
1: Yeah, um, I I really like what we're doing with Matthew and just walking verse by Mm -hmm. verse. I feel like as a church, we need that. We need to just go straight through scripture. I think topical messages are great. I think they can be done well, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to mess up uh, a verse by verse uh, preaching style. And so here, I think what I was looking at for this particular section of Matthew is how can we look to Jesus as our example to overcome temptation? Mm -hmm. Um, what, What can we take away from this? And so what I did in this message, was I just came up with some questions that I thought about whenever I was studying it. Mm-hmm. Like what what can what does the text say and then how can I apply it to my life? Because yeah. I, I don't want to look at the text and just say, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. Because obviously when you do that, you make yourself the the focal point of scripture and that's Not the case. Mm -hmm. Focal point is Jesus. And so what is Jesus being... uh, What are we learning about Jesus here in this uh, section of Matthew? And so what I come to realize is that there's two parts of who Jesus is, his humanity Mm -hmm. and his deity. And so Jesus is both God and human. And so what I really looked at was what was being uh, tempted to Jesus was both his humanity and his deity. How can I then see that humanity aspect of who Jesus is? And so the first question that I I came to was, how how do we know we're being tempted? Uh, By verse one, we should just expect temptation. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to come. I think as when we first become Christians, maybe we have the misconception that, all right, I've been baptized. I know Christ now I'll never be tempted again. Mm -hmm. Like my whole life will be perfect, Mm -hmm. no sin. And that's just not the case. Uh, Sanctification is a process in which we look more like Christ each day. And uh, with that comes sin. With Mm -hmm. that comes temptation. And temptation in and of itself isn't evil. It's when we give into that temptation that sin happens. Mm -hmm. Because if that was the case, Jesus being tempted right here would be a sin. Mm -hmm. And it's not. So we should expect temptation, but we should expect to interact with that temptation in a specific way, mm-hmm. which is to deny that temptation.
0: Yeah, well, and it also, even in the, these verses that we were just talking about, like Jesus overcame the temptation by offering up prayers and supplications. Mm-hmm. like, And I think that just speaks a lot to to struggles that all of us face is, you know, I face temptations, you face temptations. Everybody that, that you're, you're around within the church has faced temptations at some point. And it, it just really depends on how we deal with that and how we handle it and we could just use that that one line right there, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears you know, like that could be a basis of how we treat just everything, you know oh I'm being tempted by by this and that, like let's just pray about it. Yeah, he he showed that his he
1: wasn't only reliant upon who he was as God Mm -hmm. that he, his human side he needed to put himself underneath the grace of God, and to really hold true that foundation of what He was there to do, yep. and who He was sent by, mm-hmm. and so I think showing that side of Jesus praying, of Jesus weeping, we too should follow that example, um, if not even more than Jesus did, mm-hmm. because obviously we are not God, nowhere yep. close to, no, to that. Not. Yeah.
0: And we can't. You said it on here on your notes that we can't expect to know we are tempted if we do not know what is right. And it said you wrote three points it's being the word being community and being prayer
1: yeah that's that's always my go-to when people are like how do i live out the christian life it's Mm -hmm. really it's that simple i mean there are other disciplines that come out of reading the word and praying and and being community like fasting um, and things like that but i think those are the the three uh, main things if we know god's word if we are in prayer and in community, mm-hmm. we're going to know when temptation comes yeah. because we know what is right. Mm-hmm. And so I use uh, I used the example, and it's funny because I was watching YouTube shorts this morning, and um, this famous company who uh, looks at shoes and says whether they're fake or not mm-hmm. just got exposed at a uh, at this big like conference for. Uh, collectors with shoes mm-hmm. and they said that these Nike Jordans were real and in fact they were fake uh, and so I use that example of like, comparing what is real to what is not Satan will always tempt us mm-hmm. with lies yep. and so if we know the truth we can expose lies yep.
0: and that's the that, that was your next point is yep. when are we tempted and you know it, you said that in our temptation in our weakness temptation is lurking um, and then you uh, went over the story of Cain yeah. um, just talk a little bit about that about how when we're when we can know that we're being tempted and when is that situation
1: yeah that's probably one of my favorite stories I- Genesis is my favorite book because I think it just gives us the foundation for everything in Scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that particular case, Cain and Abel are making sacrifices to God, and uh, Cain's sacrifice isn't seen as right. Mm -hmm. He's not doing things the right way in which he was was told to do, and Abel's is seen as right, and he's made right with God. Mm -hmm. And so Cain is jealous of his brother, when in all reality, if Cain just did what was right, he would be on the same playing Mm -hmm. field, yet he allows sin and God tells him, he said, um, the temptation of sin is crouching at your doorstep. It's ready to pounce on you like a lion, but you have to open that door and actually accept it. Mm -hmm. And Cain does. He ends up murdering his brother and, and commits a sin. And so I think when we are adamantly opposing the truth of God. Temptation is there. Yeah. When we're not in the Word, we're not in prayer, we're not in community, we're opening ourselves up to temptation. Mm. When we're faced with trials and we're not leaning into God, we're opening ourselves up to temptation. Yep. Just like uh, I give the example later on of, of Job. If Job wasn't relying upon God and all the craziness that was happening in his life, He would have probably listened to his wife and cursed god and died Mm -hmm. he would have probably gave in to sin but i think he had the foundation on which who god was to say
0: no to temptation to say no to sin yeah why why are we tempted
1: yeah, that, that was my next uh, kind of setup for uh, the verses that follow in, uh, in verses 13 through 15, mm-hmm. uh, or not 13 through 15, uh, in uh, the end of Matthew to kind of wrap it up. And I think it was a good question because as humans, we always want to know why. Mm-hmm. My kids ask me that question all the time. Yeah, I remember you.
0: I remember you throwing the kid reference of.
1: Yeah, and and I think it's only natural for us as God's children to ask him why, mm-hmm. um, but because we live in a fallen world, sin is there. Mm. Temptation is going to be there, and so I believe that we're tempted for um, for two reasons. And I really didn't. I only put one of them in here. Um, the one that I talk about is Satan. He wants to tempt us because he wants us to not realize what our true identity is. He wants us to question who we are, whose we are in God. Uh, The second one, I think we're tested sometimes in temptation. Um, temptation isn't isn't wrong. God allows temptation to happen to us and and we're tested by those things. James talks about being uh, being tested and that our testing uh, produces endurance and perseverance, and it gives us a hope in which we're to cling to. When we overcome that temptation, we see the the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think when we're tempted, and we, um, one of the things I talk a lot about is uh, preparing ourselves for temptation. And I think if we prepare ourselves, if we slow down enough in this world to prepare ourselves through God's Word, through prayer, through community, that we will be more readily mm-hmm. um, able to overcome temptation. Because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Um, I was just emailing a, a lady who was asking uh, a specific question, and, and I said, god allows us to accept jesus as our savior Mm -hmm. and then he gives us the power to overcome temptation through the holy spirit the holy spirit is our 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 guidance is our um some people say he's our our conscience for the believer if we're not a believer how can we have that good gift of salvation Mm -hmm. and want to overcome temptation How can we not believe in God and yet still want to have all the the good things that come with with being a follower of God? It's just to me, it's it's ludicrous. And so, how we overcome temptation, I believe, is is twofold. We have to be believers in mm-hmm. Christ. We can't. If you're not a believer, you don't see sin as an issue, and and that's. That's an issue in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't see sin as an issue, then you don't see temptation as an issue. Mm-hmm. And so the believer sees temptation as, um, as I think it's James talks about, uh, temptation gives birth to sin. Mm-hmm. And so it's this idea of us accepting the temptation opening up the door to temptation that allows sin that allows Mm -hmm. uh, allows the action that gives birth to sin yeah and so we as christians see temptation as the battlegrounds that lead to sin Mm -hmm. and so if we can overcome temptation then we can overcome sin
0: yep of course yeah the the verse you were just talking about is james 1 13 through 15. it says let no one say when he is tempted i am being tempted by god for God cannot be tempted with evil, and He Himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And you know, it's. I think that's the difference between believers and non-believers. Is when when believers are tempted, they 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 understand that that it's leading to a negative, rather than than. And I'm sure there's non-believers that feel the same way. Like, I think that if you had, like, a desire to kill somebody, the, yeah. the end would, would still be wrong to a non-believer. But even, like, little stuff, like, like lying to your parents or lying to a friend about something... Um, you know, you feel that temptation come about, and you you feel that it's leading you wrong rather than yeah. maybe leading you to like a good time. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah. This this actually after second service, somebody came up to me and was talking to me about um, about God tempting, and it says, uh, "Let no let no one say uh, when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. Mm-hmm. God doesn't tempt, but he allows temptation." Yeah. Um, we see. In the very beginning of Matthew, that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit
0: mm-hmm.
1: to be tempted by Satan. And so God allows that temptation to happen. And yep. that's, to me, that's totally okay. Like, we should be okay with that. But it's our desires, it's our flesh that lead to the actual sin. Yep. And so what temptation does is it shows us where our loyalty lies. So temptation can either show us that we are loyal to God or we are loyal to the self, mm-hmm. we are loyal to Satan. Wherever we end up after that temptation, it gives us... It gives us a picture of where we need to be, mm-hmm. and so then we repent, we turn back to God, and then we
0: yep. we pray for strength to not, you know, and mm-hmm. be
1: enticed by that sin.
0: Yep. So. And just to wrap it up here, you you hit on how to overcome temptation, and you know you say that you must know that Jesus is Lord. Um, you must prepare, like we talked about just in the beginning. Jesus prepared um, by fasting and praying. Um, lean into the truths of God read, lean into scripture um, make scripture and learning what God teaches a habit um, There's, they, we're given tools to, to help fight these battles that we face on a daily it's just a matter of whether or not we want to put that into practice in our own lives yeah
1: it, it takes effort um, it, whatever you put in you're going to get out um, it, it's not you're not just going to be baptized and have all these tools readily like not these tools mastered and and be able to overcome every single temptation that's mm-hmm. faced with you. But over time you learn. Yep. Over time you know, hey, I'm not going to put myself in this situ- situation mm-hmm. because it's going to lead to temptation. Yep. I'm going to lean into God. I'm going to know his truths because I study his word. Mm-hmm. When you're a, a baby Christian, you don't you don't fully understand all of scripture. Mm-hmm. Even now after, I mean I've been a Christian since I was 12 years old, so that's 20 years, mm-hmm. and I still don't have a full grasp on on majority of Scripture. Now, I do know the basics. Mm-hmm. I do know how to uh, apply things, and as I study... Um, I feel like I gain strength to overcome temptation yep. the more that I do that, the more I put myself in community. Um, I just joined a couple of guys, and we're doing a discipleship group because we know that that's an area that we've lacked in, mm-hmm. and so we want to hold each other accountable. And it's we met once already, and it's already strengthened my faith to overcome yep. certain temptations. So yep. I think it's a real good practice for us to continue to look at ways that we can um, better prepare for mm-hmm. temptation.
0: Yeah, and speaking of which, if you are coming to Galley and you want to get plugged into something like that, I feel like they, they could hit you up and you could help uh, plug them in a connect group or... Yeah, them in with people. You yeah. know,
1: our 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 website. Uh, you go to our website. And you can click on Connect Groups, and there's a thing to fill mm-hmm. out, and it comes straight to me. And then I'll ask you a couple of questions and get you plugged in with the group that's yep. right for you. Um, I, I think groups are important, not just because that's one of my roles here mm-hmm. as a discipleship pastor, but um, doing life alone is never a good yep. uh, equation for success. Mm-hmm. And so when we do life together, it, it definitely leads
0: to us growing at a, a more rapid rapid pace of course so. awesome well I enjoyed your sermon I hope everybody else enjoyed it um, you got anything coming up that you're looking forward to man I, I feel like this
1: month has already gone by so fast mm-hmm. uh, I, nothing crazy is happening in the near future it's both uh, my two oldest kids their birthdays are coming up so we know I'm mm-hmm. gonna do a, a joint birthday party yeah and uh, trying to figure out what theme they want. Mm. It's so funny because it changes every day. (laughs) And so I enjoy uh, seeing them get excited about birthdays. Uh, My oldest still thinks every day is Father's Day. Mm. So she tells me Happy Father's Day Pretty much every day and it's cool to be celebrated yeah. so oh, yeah. i'm looking forward to celebrating the girls um they're a blessing and mm-hmm. uh and so it's
0: always a fun time but yeah
1: what about you man i know i know we're building a pc next week oh yeah <laughs> we
0: we've got some stuff in the in the technical department that has has uh faded out so we're phasing in some new stuff over the next couple of years yeah. and it just so happens that we get to build a computer next week um, which I'm looking forward to. I've never done it before, but we're going to wing it and, and hope time. that it goes <laughs> goes well. It can't be that hard. No. I feel like it's you're just plugging in a bunch of stuff. Sure.
1: Yeah. But, you just got to plug it in yeah. the right place. And
0: if not, I just YouTube it. You yeah. know, Just figure out what's, how to do it on YouTube. It should be pretty hard to plug it in, in the wrong place. So yeah, I, I don't think they would make before. it. Yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> 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 all righty. Well, thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we will catch you all on next time. Sweet. Later.